everybody. Welcome to another episode of Mommy Group. Happy Wednesday. We, uh, we're so stoked that you guys have been here and listening with us. And we just wanted to say, if you are enjoying the show, which we're really enjoying yes. making, yes. we hope that you guys will screenshot your phone. Maybe at any point in the episode, if you find yourself laughing or getting angry or, getting, or riled up <laughs> or happy, <laughs> screenshot your phone, share it with the people in your life to help spread the word. Um, it's so helpful. That's the only way that this is going to get out there. Yeah. So we'd really appreciate it. Tag us on Instagram at mommy group pod. Yeah. Really simple. And obviously send us any comments or any feedback that you guys have on Instagram or even in, um, in any comments. Oh my God. <laughs> I think on that note, we should just start the show. Yay! Obby decides. <laughs> oh my God, you guys. So right before you got here, I was on the phone with DirecTV because I don't know what happened. The TV just went out. It just stopped working. We've got like a smart TV. So on the top, you know, you can go to like your smart cast. Mm-hmm. We can do like Netflix and Amazon and then click direct TV to watch regular TV and it wasn't working. And I did all the things I like rebooted it. I reset it, the TV, the direct TV, the internet, whatever. So I'm on the phone with direct TV and this woman is so sweet. So funny. She sounds like she's from the South. I don't know like where she lives, what her deal is, <laughs> but we're waiting for the TV to reboot. And it's going to be, you know, like probably like four or five minutes to reboot. So we're sitting there and she hears the kids in the background and it's, I'm trying to get them like up and ready and get their stuff together, get to school. And she goes, Oh, like how many do you have? I was like, I have two. She goes, oh, I have three. I have three boys. And she like takes a deep breath. And I'm like, oh, man. I'm like, my sister has three boys. It's awesome. And she's like, well. And I start laughing. And she and I was like, so what? 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 Like, why? And she goes, well, I mean, I found a dead lizard in the washing machine this morning. And I was like, what? She's like, no, no. She goes, I found a lizard in the washing machine this morning. And so she's like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. These things just happen. And I was like, you found a lizard? Was it alive? She's like, no, no, no. It was dead. It was dead. And how did it she was know her boys put it in there? She's like, it was in his pocket. Oh, my God. And I'm like, oh. she's like, so who knows? Did he kill it and then shove it in his pocket? Yeah. I can't know for sure. And she's like, but it was dead. There's a lot of chemicals in there because their clothes are nasty. So she's like, I really load that machine <laughs> up with anything chemical. So she's like, that lizard didn't stand a chance if it did go in alive. And I'm like, oh, my God. And so she goes, she goes, man, I wish we didn't have that third. Wait, so would she? And I was like. What? If it were a girl, would she? Do you think she would have said that too? I don't think a girl would have killed a lizard and put I it mean, in her pocket. I don't know. Maybe. Like, but so then she goes, she's like, man, I really wish I didn't have that third. And I'm like, stop it. I was like, we're trying to decide if you have Because she should have had four. Oh, there <laughs> I was going to say. And, and so I was like, why do you say that? She's like, I mean, it's just the worst. She's like, it's too much. And my two older ones are a little older. And we were celebrating being done with diapers. And my husband and I were having a party. And we got wasted. And then I got pregnant. Wow. And so she's like, like we were celebrating being done with diapers and, and we and on that night we got pregnant and she's like and I was like god damn it that's why you play the game tell me when <laughs> tell me when or you don't ride that ride or you pop off as quickly as possible I can't believe she provided that much information it was so funny I just and now which is like so ridiculous but because I knew we were recording I was like oh this is really funny and so then I kept asking questions because I wanted more about the story because I'm like this is just a really cute story this woman's hilarious so how old are her kids so they were like 12 10 and then like 5 okay so the one came later and that's when she was saying like you know we were or or maybe it was 12 
10 and seven or something like that. But whatever it was, she was saying that it was on their no more diapers were done with baby face celebration that they got liquored up and boned and oh, then got pregnant. <laughs> well, now, note to self, call DirecTV if I'm really, not, yeah. if I'm on the fence about number three. I, I, I really, I mean, she was oh really gosh, funny. So she had funny. such a good sense of humor and she was just real self-deprecating and she had like the sweetest voice. I was like, I want to be she your She needs friend. to be our guest. <laughs> Seriously, she needs to come on there and give us Can advice Can you call in? Yes. I should have asked her name. Well, speaking about bebes, yeah. as we do a lot of times on here. So I had posted on stories about the whole Tamir Mellon little clapback. Did you guys hear about that? She, yeah, give a little rundown. Basically, a picture was posted by um, a, someone who's wearing Tamir Mellon who is a shoe designer. Mm-hmm. She's wearing thigh-high boots, and then she's showing the picture kind of like from top up, and so you can see her legs. She's wearing thigh-high boots, and then she's also nursing her baby. Yeah. And then Tamir Mellon, that picture itself got a lot of clapback, and some women were saying, um, really, do new moms dress like this whilst breastfeeding? Scream single mom on the prowl. Um, and show, so I, that was then reposted by Tamara Mellon and yes. it basically said, why, my question is, what does wearing boots have to do with nursing a baby? And that created a conversation, which I thought was super relevant to us. Brandy shaking her head. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was really relevant to us and just what we, where we are as women and young moms and doing our thing and trying to not forget who we are, where mm-hmm. we came from, also balance out what we love to do and what we now do as moms. And so I just thought it was really interesting because to me, and I think you two are on the same page, I was fuming because I was thinking, I'm sorry, why can I not go out on a Friday night and feel the need that I want to be dressed up in a little skirt and my heels and then, hey, I'm leaving right now, but let me breastfeed. I think to me that's being responsible. I just don't understand why it matters that she's nursing her baby and happens to be wearing really cute boots. Why does that matter to anyone? It's just so frustrating that... As women, we're supposed to support each other, and the the people that are give, putting her down the most are other women. But we know, like you're, you, I just feel like you can't post a photo of yourself in a mini dress and thigh high boots and nurse post it to social media on a public platform and expect not to get this. Like, mm-hmm. We know it's 2019. We know the the dynamic of the internet. We know the dynamic of these anonymous people on social media. To think that you could post it and you're going to get nothing but love is just dumb. It doesn't mean it's right, but that's just silly. And maybe she didn't care. It's very possible that this woman's like, I don't really care what anyone says. That's why I posted it. But I think when people get like shocked, mm-hmm. you're like, you shared something that's not, that is a little shocking to a lot of people, but then you're shocked when they're shocked. Well, I think what that brings up is exactly the things that we talk about and when we say mommy group is inclusive and not Mm -hmm. exclusive is that the biggest mean group out there are moms. Totally. And so what I was upset about more so is that we should not feel, you know, kind of uh, too vulnerable or scared about posting pictures like this and feeling that we're going to get that kind of clap back because what? Exactly like what you're saying, Mm -hmm. Brandy, we should feel that we are getting that support it's not like her boobs are hanging out, and even no. if they were, because she's nursing, but she's just wearing some thigh-high boots. So I cannot wait to, say, to post a photo of Little or Amazing, who's in my belly for two and a half more months, in thigh-highs, yes. maybe like a little lace bralette. I cannot wait. I mean, me but too. Going back to what you were saying, Orly, even if this woman wasn't holding a baby nursing, thigh-highs are just cute and sexy with a mini dress. I feel like you're right. People would say something even if she wasn't nursing a baby, but the fact that you've added that layer of motherhood and something that some people think is sacred Mm -hmm. and personal as opposed to a way of feeding your baby, of course she's going to get comments. Well, remember when that guy 
posted something of that anonymous person on my Instagram that I talked oh, about yeah. a few episodes back where they were like, I can't believe your husband lets you dress like this. Yeah. So, I mean, I get I it. I think You're people right. get people get really sensitive about breastfeeding pictures in general. There's always a ton of hate in those comments, but you do it because you want to normalize it. People share those photos with a very specific intention in mind. I think you know some people are going to get mad and you want to push through that and you want to say this is normal and this is beautiful and this is part of what I do as a mom so you can all go suck it. Can I also mention one thing that actually brings up a point just because we are all on Instagram and we do that space with content creation. I think what what's even funnier about this is that that mom probably, maybe she did intentionally post it because she was wearing the thigh high boots, but she was probably doing exactly what you're saying, Orly, which is to normalize breastfeeding. Yeah. Not even Not thinking even. that she's wearing these thigh high boots and that's what's going to get the attention. And to me, it also just points out that like, I literally will post something and all of a sudden it's that thing in the background mm-hmm. that someone's like, oh, the stove looks like it's not up to grade. You should really get that checked out. And I'm like, oh. Your trash is full. Yeah. What? It's a beauty post. <laughs> yeah. But thanks. Thanks but for thanks noting anyway. that out. This brings me back to the topic of how people project what they think is appropriate yes. on other people. So I would have loved to have lashes in my hair um, and my makeup done when Millie was born, but I didn't have enough time because as you know, I barely made it. Um, to the birthing center to have Millie. But the next day, I was so excited. I felt good. I did my hair, I did my makeup. My husband and I walked to dinner, ate at an outdoor cafe with Mills, you know, 24 hours old. And I could not believe how many people thought it was so bizarre that I did my hair and makeup and I was home. And I just think it brings it back to... Well, especially after your Everyone's experience is different. Mm -hmm. I felt good. I was excited to kind of go on a date night. I mean, I was in a baby high, and my body physically felt good. And a couple people just had some issues with that. They really thought that I should have been, like, resting at home or showing the real me. And I'm like, no, this is the real me. That's one thing that I always have a really – I always get really, really frustrated with Mm -hmm. is when people who have a particular experience that hasn't been positive or they, let's say, struggle with their weight or they struggle with having enough time in the morning to get ready or things – generally, I feel like it's things that are related to physical beauty Mm -hmm. and and all that stuff – if they struggle with it, they assume that everybody does and if and everyone else is lying and hiding it. Like just be honest. Yeah. That's not and not everybody struggles the same way you struggle. Everyone's struggles are different, right? So like just because something is tough for you doesn't mean it's exhausting and tough for them. Mm-hmm. And so to me that's always been a frustration where I'll I feel like I will receive responses that are like like stop hiding the struggle and I'm like I share the, what is my struggle? I just mm-hmm. have different struggles than you. Yeah. My weight is not one of those things. My, You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like, that. I don't know why. That sort of idea that because I struggled with it, everyone else must, and the rest of you are just lying. Yeah. I'm just like, ugh. Yeah, <laughs> I think with that too, I mean, as you're saying, personal experience, I had two C-sections. So after mm-hmm. having my first C-section, I could not even imagine. I was yeah, in the hospital no, you're in the hospital. Days. I could not even yeah. imagine getting up. I looked like a grandma mm-hmm. bent over, and I was like, mm-hmm. what? And also, like, the day after, wow, with your first, mm-hmm. I, I've seen women do that like 24 hours later. Well, I also hosted a barbecue that night. What? Wait, I don't understand. The thing that I, I mean, I thought like three weeks after I was like, I'm ready to go. And I remember I got all dressed up and I went to a friend's engagement party and three hours in, I was like, my boobs are about to explode. Mm -hmm. I want to go home. And we ended up hosting everyone that night at our house too. And I was just miserable, Mm -hmm. but we did it. And I'm okay. I was okay with it because I think that's my personality. But a day after, yeah, I mean, I I feel like I'd be like, dang, but also because the baby, like usually, you know, we're not supposed to be putting them out until they get vaccinated. Outdoor oh, cafe, outdoor oh, cafe. Oh, 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 yeah, oh, oh, oh. All we the didn't vaccin- go inside. All the vaccinators. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, so. But I, I think, think it, it, it probably depends on each person's birth. Like my birth with Connor was brutal. 
brutal. Blake was like the best thing I could have. I wish I wish I could draw it up like that for everybody. Mm-hmm. It was heavenly and, and amazing. And I bounced literally the next day. I was walking to the pump station to buy a pump. And it's like a two-mile walk the next day. With Connor, I had an episiotomy. Mm-hmm. And it was a bad episiotomy. I healed really bad. I ended up with an insane amount of scar tissue. I was on Vicodin for like two weeks. I couldn't oh even God. sit. It was bad with Connor. Physically, I didn't look bad. But I was... The trauma mm-hmm. of the episiotomy and the way all that was just so gnarly. I ended up needing you guys. It was so crazy. So when, I don't know how many months in, like I kept being like, something's wrong. Like mm-hmm. this doesn't, I don't think that this is, this You're is You're a first right. time mom. So you think, oh, this must be fine. And yeah. I just need to deal with it. I had it. a freaking baby. Of mm-hmm. course it's awful. Right. Yeah. Is what I'm thinking. I kept being like, something's wrong, something's wrong, something's wrong. Months in, like when we were back to normal and like having sex and all that stuff, it was. The pain, most painful. The pain. It, it actually felt like. I like he couldn't even go like there was so much mm-hmm. scar tissue. I had to have scar tissue cauterized. Oh I had to go to the doctor gosh. and they had to cauterize scar tissue from the scar of my episiotomy. Okay, can we just say real quick, this yeah. is exactly why I know you were joking about me going to Dr. A, who's yeah. like now a celebrity doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She sees the Kardashians, and I literally only go to her because Exactly, the whole IUD yeah. update, guys. It oh, was yeah. found. Thankfully, she it was found. found. Her she IUD. found it. And she, I went in there. I drove all the way to Cedars, and she found. She's like, "Listen, not to toot my own horn, but this is why you don't go to anyone else. Because I'll find it. I'll take care of it." Yeah. And she, then she went on saying, "Like, look at your my C sections." She's like, "It's invisible. It's amazing. Can I tell you how many doctors do C sections? And I, they have patients even up to twenty years that have complications with scar tissue that's left inside and whatnot." And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" So she's like, "You'll never, you know." From as many patients as I've done, I've never had that issue. And I was like, oh, just But most people me. now can't afford her. I know. No, no, you're right. That's the thing Absolutely. That but also everyone's body heals differently. Oh, totally. And this might have nothing to do with your Absolutely. position. Totally. Totally. I, I was mean, just bringing that up. Yeah. yeah. I, will, I will recommend, though, for anyone that is either pregnant, um, about to deliver, thinking about it, I would make a plan for episiotomy versus not episiotomy. I was really like, I just basically... I know the doctors are going to tell me what to do. I don't want to overwhelm myself with information and plans because then if the plans don't go according to plan, I'm going to be bummed. I'm just going to go in there and do whatever is best. And I'm going to let the doctors who know what they're doing guide me. Mm-hmm. That's it. And this this was one, uh, one issue I wish I had just done a little research because one of the things that my second doctor said when I had Blake was there's two different types of episiotomies. One is like a unilateral and one's like a bilateral. The one that is unilateral, I think, goes straight down, this natural seam of your body. The other one goes like to the right or to the left into basically like your thigh and that's the opening that it creates. And so uh, the second doctor I had was like, I know that the bilateral is sort of the new way of doing things, but I I would really recommend the unilateral because it's a natural seam in your body. It's more naturally able to heal. That was one of those things that I wish that I had just educated myself on so that when it happened in the room, I could have sort of had a preference. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Everything else, I was so like, whatever. Yeah, what is it with things not Can I just note that if your vagina is like tingling or maybe you like aren't driving like me and you crossed your legs because hearing Orly talk about this feels a little uncomfortable, I am also feeling that way right now. (laughs) I just started visualizing like... My, like, hoo-ha down there, and I don't know. I well, really don't like that story. I think I love Randy Brandy. I want to go back to gardening Can go back and drinking milk and cuddling with Mr. A. I think the thing that makes me realize is that no matter which way you're doing it, 
a C-section or yeah. natural birth. That was probably the biggest thing that I came across when I found out that I had to have a C-section with Rion, my firstborn, because he was breached. I didn't have an option and they were saying, oh, you can turn him, you can do this, you can try that. And then my OB was like, why are you fighting it? He's naturally in that position for a reason. Yeah. And there's something that's preventing him from turning. And sometimes so you're be. too far in your pregnancy. Yeah. Guys, visualize physically what that looks like. A baby breech means that the baby's head is not turned down. Sometimes it's at an angle. Sometimes it's flipped. There is no more space left yeah. a lot of times. Like, trust me, this is Brandy talking. I'm all about natural birth. And there are so many cool things. Spinningbabies.com, lunges and so forth where you can turn your baby. But once you're past a certain point... Physically, your baby cannot. Well, he had never flip turned. Around. Yeah. He had never turned. Exactly. From, he was from cozy where he, he was. He was cozy where he was. He wasn't moving. And I think the part that was hard for me to internalize was all these books you read and people you talk to. It's almost like I felt like I had to justify why yeah. I had gotten it because I'm in LA. I'm going to Cedars. I'm you know seeing all these fancy doctors, and it's like, oh, you're one of those moms. Mm -hmm. you're, you're getting it done, and then you know. Uh, it's easy for you and getting it planned. I'm like, not at all. Okay, I, no, no way to have a baby is easy. Well, I, I, I just have say. to say, like, natural, oh. choosing to have an epidural, not choosing epidural, just doing Pitocin, scheduling hard. a C-section, God forbid, an emergency C-section. No way to have a baby is easy. And unfortunately, like, sometimes the baby's going to come to this world the way the baby's meant to come into mm -hmm. this world. And I love what you said, Orly, about just knowledge is power, being educated on that. Um, I've said this before, I had every intention of having this awesome natural birth and I did have my water birth, but I researched what it feels like if you have to get transferred to the hospital. We went mm -hmm. through all the protocols of what that would feel like. Even the fact that um, some people don't know that sometimes you can smell what's happening when you're having a C-section. You can hear things. Mm -hmm. You might only get a little brief skin to skin. Dad might... So I think regardless, you should totally just know all the choices yeah. so that you or your significant other can be an advocate for what you want to decide. And research means not only books and experts, it's also your friends, people that are like-minded. That to me has been Very one of the much biggest so. pieces of advice yeah. is that having people that you trust and you feel are very similar to you in the way you mm -hmm. want a child rear or the way you live your life are the people that you want to seek advice from. Because mm -hmm. trust me, especially if you're if you're going to be a mother or you're expecting, a lot of unsolicited advice is about to come your way where people just kind of feel the need. They see your bump and it's like, let me tell you what you yeah. should do. And it's yeah. like, well, okay, great. I used to just, it's in one ear, out the other. And my biggest advice to moms, especially that are new, is always like, I would take the advice and I kind of just maybe let it go. But the people I would definitely seek it from are those that I that already live their lives the way that I do. And mm -hmm. that was the best advice I would get. The real advice, you know? Because obviously expert advice is there. But anyways. I like it. Mm -hmm. All right. Sorry if anyone else's vagina is tingling. <laughs> I apologize for that. It's all good now. Okay. Let's move on to our next topic. Um, this actually, I thought about this because Connor plays baseball right now. And he's uh, he plays baseball and hockey. And, you know, it's like a commitment. It's annoying. <laughs> like we've got baseball practice one night a week. Hockey practice one night a week. A game for baseball, a game for hockey. Tournaments, and, I'm sure. Yeah. And there's a kid on Connor's team who every time at practice and every time at the game at some point quits. Wants nothing to do with it, wow. won't go back onto the field, sits on the floor, and his parents keep trying to get him out there. And it just got me thinking about the and sort he's of... six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sort of two different ways of looking at things. One being... Listen, I want my kids to be able to do any sport and activity they want, but it's for them. And as soon as they don't want to do it, fine. They don't have to do it anymore. That's up to them. And you made a commitment to something. You don't quit. 
you you don't have to do it again next season, but you do have to fulfill the commitment, which which was for this season. And if you're going to come to a game, you've got to play the entire game. If you're going to come to practice, you've got to play the entire practice. And I actually am curious because I don't really know how I think. Mm-hmm. I hear the logic on both sides of it, and both sides make sense to me. And so I feel like if Connor said he didn't want to, I wouldn't know how to proceed. Mm-hmm. I think it has to do with age, a lot of it, because, you know, we talked about this before, and Brandy, you're going to be there when mm-hmm. Millie... Um, and baby boy gets. Oh, oh my gosh! Boy vibes, boy vibes. Okay. I'm waiting to find out. Wow, that so was we'll crazy. See. That totally would just yeah. came out. But um, you know, when they're, I think in that three to five range, even six, they're figuring it out. So we put them in everything: tennis, yeah. soccer, baseball, whatever sticks or whatever they're really interested in. That's what we flourish and um, experiment with even more. But. I also have witnessed it firsthand, like with my niece, for instance, she is a stellar student and she is good at everything. Mm -hmm. Everything she does is just great. One thing she's not good at is soccer. And Mm. when she was about seven, she played soccer for ASO and she hated it. And it was because she wasn't the best at it. And I remember I found it as the best learning experience, which was that her mom was like, you have to do this. Because you signed up for it, yeah. and I don't care if you don't—you're not the best at it. You have to still stay there, and you have to show up for your team because yeah. it's a team effort. And I think what to me I took away from it, I was like, wow, this is like that first taste of what it's not—what it failure feels like for yeah. her. Failure—it's not failure, which it's is just a great she's not the best. For exactly. Her. And I thought in that sense that was really great because if we do just let them do the sports that they think that they're amazing at or that they want to do, because mm-hmm. there are going to be things in life that you have to do that you don't want to do, but you have to because it's best for the team. And there are also things that you're going to have to do um, that you're not that great at. There's going to be a lot of school things that they're going to have to do that yeah. they, you know, don't feel that way. So I saw it as like, wow, that was an interesting take or perspective mm-hmm. for me. So I'm all about if they do commit to it. And obviously right now, Connor's probably, he's at an age where he can say, mom, I want to do soccer right now. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, seeing it through, definitely. Yeah, I think so much of it depends on the age of the child and if they can make that commitment. So if you sat down with them and you communicated what it's going to take, how often practices are. And I do feel like um, six totally enough would be an appropriate age. Anything younger than than that is tricky because you want to involve them in everything and you want to kind of unlock those talents and see what they're interested in. We put Millie in Pee Wee Picasso, which is an art class (laughs) when she was 18 months and she really enjoyed it. But I decided that a lot of the activities we did there, we could start supplementing at home. And so this semester we put her in um, a music class and then she was in a gymnastics class. And a lot of it is just trial and error and seeing what their interests are. Also, though, is there a, I mean, I'm at the point where I'm just like, when is it too much? I remember growing mm-hmm. up, because I had an older brother, it was almost whatever he didn't have to do, then I my slot got filled. But now, it's like, there has to be two of me doing, mm-hmm. you know, five things for my son and then five things for my daughter. And it's like insane the amount of activities these kids have my sister-in-law mike's sister they have three kids 17 15 and 13 and they are stellar athletes all of them the older boy right now is like doing um college tours for football and the younger one i mean like they're they're all absolutely incredible and when we go out to visit we stay with them we just we don't like stay anywhere we stay at their house and it's like sleepovers every night it's the best time (laughs) and when we go, when it's not a break, when it's not a summer or it's not spring break or it's not winter break and we go during the school, I mean, they are gone from the Booked. morning until 9.30 at night is the last practice. And I'm like, how in the world are you expected as a teenager who needs tremendous amount of sleep, because we know that about teenagers, 
is having practice until 9.30, has to eat, has homework, and has to get up at 6.30 in the morning to go to school. Like, what is it? What is this? And I think being at that it. age, it really comes down to, yeah, what is the passion? Yeah. I started playing basketball when I was four. And now that I have a daughter that's almost two, and we were thinking about it, it just blows my mind that I would even think about organized sports this early. But I remember being four and loving it. And I played soccer and basketball through high school. And when you have a desire, you know, that's so strong, you make it work. Yeah. But... It's insane. I mean, it can really take over your life. I also do think sports help contribute to never doing drugs and having a great <laughs> yeah, totally. social life. Organized sports. But at the same time, like, when is it too much? Like, do you mm-hmm. put all your eggs in one Yeah, when are we too? overbooking our kids? Well, that overbooking our kids, but also then what if something happens? What if at, like, 16 everyone else catches up with them and they're no longer oh, yeah. the best? Or what if, you know, they're not – they're putting too much focus on that actual sport versus their school? So that's where I'm always yeah. like – how do you balance the two? I want them to excel in everything they do, obviously, and love it too. But that's the... That's, that's the... one thing that I love about Mike is uh, my husband, Mike. He's so level-headed that any time <clears throat> conversations about sports start, he I don't know what the numbers are, but he knows what the numbers are of like what percentage of kids can ever really do anything with sports beyond the benefits of mm-hmm. them being a good person and, and the learning of it all. But real, like, talking career, talking even scholarship, talking anything that results in a benefit back that's more than just the experience, he knows what those numbers are to the point that he's like, this is a ridiculous conversation. Do you know the chances of any of these kids in this yeah. room right now doing anything? <laughs> Their parents need to freaking cool it. Yeah. Like, this is, this is peewee freaking football. Like, and he has a really good way of being like, honestly, all of this is irrelevant. The chances that any one of these kids are going to do anything real with it is so small that why get caught up in it Mm -hmm. until it really is something. When you have a kid, we have a a makeup artist at Home and Family whose three kids are incredible. You know, Michelle, Mm -hmm. she's amazing. And her her oldest son is like a national champion gymnast. Like, they're gone on the weekends doing... In other states, In other states. No, he's like number one in the country. Like, he's (laughs) legit. He's like Olympic stuff. And so I get the commitment and I get the relentlessness because he's on track for that. But like most kids, yeah. you know, like the chances of a kid playing baseball professionally. Or even making varsity once <laughs> yes. they're in high school when we're talking about six-year-olds. Like you might be on the B team, kid. Yeah. But there's so many parents, like there's there's this, well, yeah, I don't want to share oh just in case. Gosh. But there's there's so many parents where you look at them and you're like, oh my yeah, God, you're delusional. You're getting too much into the, but then Chill. I don't know, but then I, I, I hear you. I, I think I definitely am more that parent than the other. I'm more realistic. Yeah. But I still feel like, I don't want to crush their dreams either. If they, you know, like oh, no. you ask all the time, like what are kids going to be, what they're going to be, and you know that's a wait. There was an interesting they thing. They fill in the blank. Yeah, there was an interesting thing. But yeah, I we were just reading this book. Uh, my kids' schools have like a book club, and mm-hmm. I think it was called the Unselfie. I forgot the name of the book. I have to figure it out, and I'll mention it in the. We'll we'll put it in the description box. But it was all about when you ask the habits of kids, when you ask them what they're going to be, they always either say a celebrity or an influencer or an athlete. And it's all around that versus being a service-oriented person like a doctor or a firefighter or even a garbage man, whatever it may be because it's something that's so self-focused. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. I think the takeaway here is just really trying to be engaged with your kid and observing what their real interests are, having a conversation with a coach or significant other, really tapping into like if this is benefiting them if they still like it commitment versus being bored or unchallenged like your niece uh and and a lot of it depends on age um speaking of age I wanted to share something that really got me fired up the other week 
So I mentioned that Millie's in gymnastics and we just um, finished gymnastics. And at the end of every class, the teacher would give the child a stamp and, you know, you run up there and Millie has her like wrist pointed to the teacher and they would give her her stamp on the top of her wrist. And then I noticed that a lot of the kids, girls and boys, and we're talking ages 18 months to at least three and a half, lifting their shirts to get a belly stamp or a sticker on the belly. So during the eight weeks of gymnastics, I always thought that was so bizarre. And most of the time, Millie would go first. So she'd get her stamp, we turn around and leave. Well, we just started a new semester of music and the belly stamp keeps happening. So my thoughts on this are so strong. One, I think it is so weird to put a stamp anywhere where you can't see it. Like Millie stares at her stamp and she loves that she can see it on her wrist. When these kids are lifting up their shirts, boys and girls, like in order to see it, you have to like lift up your entire shirt to look. Another maybe not so obvious thing, because I've shared this on my stories and I love that so many of you were honest that you had never thought about this. I think it's a really unhealthy, inappropriate habit to start lifting up your shirt. Totally. And letting an adult stamp your stomach. So what got me fired up, guys, is uh, the first day of class, Millie gave her wrist. And then the teacher you know, was like, oh, what about your other wrist, Millie? And then she grabbed her shirt. And the female teacher, um, senior, by the way, so in her plus 60s, lifted or went to lift up Millie's shirt. And I immediately said, no, we don't put, belly, we don't put stamps on our belly. And unfortunately, other kids already had their shirt ready. I mean, they were so excited. And I, I had to kind of remove Millie from the situation. Wait, why the belly? I'm so confused. Uh, I don't understand why this is a big deal. Well, I talked to a lot of you on Instagram. And all over the nation, people were saying that they saw this. Whether it's at a lot of those gym classes that you guys can go to or indoor playrooms. Um, where it's very common to get your belly stamped. Uh, I've and, seen feet yeah. and hands. No, my yeah. question is, why I don't is understand you know, why, a, why a belly stamp is a big deal. They're not, sec- they're little, mm-hmm. they're Well, like that's the thing. I think it's more so, like, for instance, though, but, like, if Blake were running around, yeah. lifting, like, at school, Mila will sometimes, she has a boo-boo somewhere, she'll lift up something, and sometimes yeah. she's wearing a dress. And I'm like, Mila, put your shirt down. Because now, she's at an age, she's almost going to be five. I think she's at an age where she should know better. I do agree that, like, from 12 to 24 months, <laughs> I do think that, like, at a certain age, it's okay, but I do hear you, especially, I think it's all about perspective and where you are as a parent. I think mm-hmm. you and me, Orly, yeah. if our girls were doing that right now, I think we'd have something to say about it if they were stamped, or maybe you wouldn't, I don't know. If an, if a grown adult is doing it, like at school, they're you're taught saying if they not were to Millie's do age, you'd be like, whatever, yeah. they're babies. Because like and... when we used to do my gym and whatnot, they used to say, mm-hmm. where do you want your stamp? And then they could do it. Most of the time, the kids, my kids are wearing onesies or whatnot, so we never even thought about the belly. I think it's an odd place to put it, only because it does kind of entrench in your head, it's okay to lift up your shirt. It's okay to do that kind of stuff. And I'm always sensitive to that with Mila just because she's a girl. So even now, I'm teaching her, like, when you're wearing a dress, if you're going to wear a dress, keep your legs closed. Don't show everyone your underwear, you know? And that's mainly because she has an older brother. And when older boys also, like, in general, they're like, oh, your sister's underwear. Oh, she's walking around naked or she doesn't have this. And I'm like, I'm noticing that that kind of stuff is being highlighted and so to me I'm just like I, there's no reason why she shouldn't understand that the right and wrong but you you're saying that you think I it's, don't know I don't know it's to made me, out of a big big deal to out me of nothing. it's like we're, what is the mm-hmm. big they're little kids yeah. these aren't sexualized beings it's like putting that on them at an age that's way before they need to be concerned with any of that like why create a situation that to me seems so innocent like so, I can't that I just I that I just don't understand but I've also like would never 
the way I feel like I approach most things with parenthood is like following my gut. Like I have no plan. So if something feels weird, then it's weird. And if something feels fine, then I don't care what anyone says. It's fine. I don't, you might think it's weird. I'm, I follow the gut. So to me, if I saw that, there's not a moment in my gut that would be like, uh, uh. like it wouldn't, uh, but I don't have a plan mm-hmm. for anything. I just follow what feels right. And to me, that wouldn't bother me. Yeah, I think for me, it also was weird that she lifted or tried to lift up her shirt. And then the next time we wore a little, um, like, dress overall thing. Yeah. And the teacher did it one more time. Mm. And I was so, like, I I almost wanted to say something because all the parents are there. I'm the only one that clearly has an issue with it because I say, I vocalize, no, we don't put stamps on our belly. But I almost said it louder, and then yeah. I realized, you know, I don't want to, yeah, make this feel weird and make anyone's mind go to a weird place because that's actually not where my mind went um, at first. It was just for me when it's our clothes, space. yeah, personal space. If if your clothes cover it, that's your area, and you know, only you're allowed to decide if you want to stamp there. Um, it was more about just like a healthy habit of not starting that or just what's appropriate well we always for instance like we go through the house all the time and we say and the doctor started it when they were little but it was like who's allowed to touch your body mm-hmm. yeah. who's allowed to touch your privates right mm-hmm. it's like mom and dad and the doctor if if they're allowed to mm-hmm. you know things like that but it's like is a teacher allowed to no so I do think it gets confusing when then all of a sudden if they are doing and it's not again it's not sexualizing like you're saying Arlie but it is an odd thing lift your shirt up unless you're intentionally going to change you're going to the bathroom. You don't need to be pulling off your pants or underwear, right? Things like that. So those are the things that I think are odd. But you brought up a good point, which is to me, I feel like what kind of moms are you? Like, do are you ones that does step up and say something if you see something that you don't like? Yes. Are you outspoken about it? Or are you one of those like, oh, I'm not going to say that. Maybe I'll email and I'll, I'll say I'm not, you know, I'm not down with that or something. No, I'm yeah. sure it's a shocker. Yeah, so I, I just said, you know, we don't, meaning, you know, me, Melly, and our family, we don't put stamps in our belly. And I thought that was enough because I didn't want to say anything else yes. that, again, made anyone feel uncomfortable, put the teacher down, who I'm going to have to see the following week. Uh, but this has been such a hot topic conversation. So if you guys have anything else to add to that or if there's any things that come up, you know, message me on Instagram because um, I thought about doing a live or something to talk about it. Can or, I ask or you a question? Like, this is not a hot topic. <laughs> no, no, no. No. I, it, but I think it is because we're on – I'm on such a completely different yeah. wavelength yeah. of it. But I have, a, I have a question about it. So was this something that – the moment it happened, you were just like, oh, no, 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 we don't do that? Or is this something that was part of a a, a bigger uh, story of, of parenthood and raising your child and you've created sort of an outline of these things that are and are not okay and so when those circumstances come up, you're mm-hmm. prepared because you have a plan for it? Or was this in the moment you're like, oh, we don't do that? It was definitely instinctual. Okay. Um, and I do feel like, yeah, my husband and I definitely have kind of a roadmap for how we parent and what we do at home and um, homeschooling, Montessori, positive parenting. We definitely kind of have like our road that we're navigating parenthood. But it was one of those cool things that happened that we should all listen to, which was our gut instinct. And again, my gut wasn't saying this is naughty, this is, um, you know. Inappropriate. Inappropriate behavior from the adult. It was more like a bad habit. And the reason when it first happened was I saw the other little girls lifting up their shirt. And that for me, seeing a three-year-old lift up their shirt versus Mills, who's still squishy, you know, mm-hmm. in 22 months. <laughs> um, 
it was more seeing that happen and just thinking girls gone wild is not happening here also just thinking about when i was a little girl we always put stamps on our hands so we could look at it and stare at it and thought it was so cool i always remember it being bad like at school (coughs) no 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 only your hands or feet like they're I just remember it not being allowed anywhere else because yeah. it was, I, and I grew up thinking like, oh, you can't have ink anywhere else, but even though that seems weird because it's going I will say, you know, when this happened, I shared it with my husband and his thoughts were so, he was just so furious. Really? So I also live with someone that was so pumped up about mm. it. Again, maybe it's the dynamic of being a dad of a daughter. I'm not sure. Um... Yeah, it was just something that really like got us fired up, and I ended up saying something privately to the um, to the center where it's hosted. Just putting it out there, I, I didn't even it wasn't even a complaint because a couple people that own some of those kids studios that we go to, they felt the need to message me and say, "Hey, actually, at our I think that happens at a lot of preschools, mm-hmm. but at our facility where we do mommy and me or whatnot." We actually tell the teachers, you know, just because it's, you know, a slippery slope where everyone's like requesting where they want their stamps, we just do hands and feet. So uh, I, I did end up saying something and, you know, going forward, we just remind Millie, where do you want your stamp? And she shows us her wrist. And I think it's also, to me, what I definitely would have been pissed about is that you said it once and then it happened again. Yeah. To me, that's where that's where I would have, because it's like, it's not comfortable to have to say it once, so don't make me say it twice. And then lifting, try, going to lift up yeah. the little romper dress is kind of weird. That yeah. I get, yeah. and I do, I do get the teacher lifting it up is different than the kids showing their belly, because that freedom that you have with your body when you're a little kid, I mean, Blake runs around this house naked of all course. the time, and mm-hmm. it makes Mike uncomfortable because Mike's like, put clothes on, and I'm like, let it be, who gives a shit? You know, like, who gives a a hoot. I'm trying not to cuss anymore, you guys. I'm so sorry about all of my cussing, by the way. I'm working on it. Bad um, mom. I know. Darn it. Fudge it to dern. Um, so, like, kids lifting it up is one thing, but I do get the the standard, and like, Ami, like you said about it, the doctor, the standard of, like, don't let anyone else take the clothes off. Don't let anyone else reveal your body. Don't, like, kind of setting that standard early. I do understand the importance of that. What I was confused on was just why the belly right. is a big deal or why little kid like that was where I was like I just it would never have crossed my mind. Stamps um, on a belly. Get yeah, it wouldn't but girl. but I think it's so interesting just the idea that there are these that there are 100 million never ending ways to parent and that's what I think is the coolest thing is that whatever registers and rings true to you you can do you can draw a line in the sand wherever the heck you want and to me that's like the best part about it is that if something doesn't bother you you don't have to pretend that it does and if something does you don't have to pretend that it doesn't you can say whatever the heck you want you can be bothered by whatever you want you can have a bad feeling about it you can say I love that when someone else hates it like to me that's the freedom of it and that's why I really like that we're having the conversations because I feel like I get to hear your perspective Mm -hmm. from such a complete genuine authentic place that it opens up my mind and it also helps clarify my own way of doing things because when I have to express it I'm like oh man I didn't realize that's how I felt about it until I just said it out loud yeah that's also a big thing also why social media is so good and bad because Mm. it's opened our perspectives right we have so many perspectives now that we are like oh I didn't look at it that way and I'm following her and I see this but at the same time what that's missing is the actual communicating and talking about it because then what happens is I'll read something about this and I'll say, oh, that's Brandy's perspective. Interesting. Okay. I don't know if I would have felt the same way. But instead of having a conversation with you about it, I'm just having it in my own head. And so you're creating your own dialogue, which is 
not helpful all the time because yeah. then it's just a bunch <laughs> of crap that's in the universe yeah. uh, instead of actually having a healthy conversation. So yeah, I think and a- I mean, just to echo what both of you said, what was interesting is I got a message from one of my um, kind of, a, you know, r- random friends, I guess, uh, not like a super close friend. And she has two boys and she was like, you know what? I don't think I would have ever thought anything about this, but I was so interested to hear your angle of it not just as a girl mom, but just as a mom where this happened. She was like, I think now that I've heard your perspective, I feel like if this happens, I don't know if I'll just be like, that's fine. Or I'll just kind of pause and just question it. And that was so great because I didn't get a lot of negative feedback. A lot of you just gave me your opinion and I thought that was such a cool space. And that's why I like this mommy group podcast because, um, you know, we all can speak our mind and share our perspective and it's just more knowledge. But great point to bring up as well is that, like you just said, from a different mom's point of view, Mm -hmm. my girlfriends that have all boys versus like me and you, Orly, Mm -hmm. who have a boy and a girl, they were saying, as scary as it is to raise a daughter because you're worried about things happening and, you know, girls are maybe a little bit more vulnerable in certain situations. Mm -hmm. They were like, it is so freaking scary to raise all boys because of the amount of responsibility and pressure that you feel Mm -hmm. if something does go wrong, right? Like someone comes home, accusations I was raped or I was touched unwillingly or you know um I I I came home and I got this girl pregnant like all these things are like the amount of things that you have to teach your sons and daughters but sons especially because they in society you know whether you like it or not they do hold a lot of responsibility for certain things I think that also is exactly an extension of this whole story which is like it's showing that lifting your shirt up Unwilling, mm-hmm. you know, unless it's on your own accord, is not necessarily proper. But I mean, I, that's like going in a whole I, different I think parallel. we should have the lady from Direct TV come on and talk about <laughs> what's that like as a mom Dead with three boys. And stuff. There's one thing as you're talking about that that I just want to mention. So we had a author on Home and Family, um, and tell me if I already talked about this, you can shut me up. But she wrote a book called Something Like Confidence is the New Black, or like something like yeah. that. Or Confidence is the New Pretty, or something along those lines. And it was a really good book, and she was a beautiful woman, really well-spoken. I was just, like, captivated by her. And we were doing the conversation. The question that I was assigned to ask was, like, you know, our kids at this young age have this, like, beautiful freedom and confidence with their body. They're not hindered by any realization that anything's not right. It's just their body is this space they use to run around and play games and do things, and it's such a beautiful thing. How do we maintain that confidence as they get older? And we started talking about boys. And it was so funny. My perspective on boys was it's great because as we're having these conversations, boys will be more um, aware and will probably treat women in a way that helps that confidence. That, you know, they can be a positive thing as opposed to maybe an expectation or a negative thing. And Cameron, who's the host of our show and is an absolutely beautiful human, he looks like a Ken doll. He goes, you know, though, it's not only men as it relates to women. We struggle with those things too. We struggle with body image and confidence. And he's like, when I was younger, he was disabled when he was younger. He was really heavy when he was younger. And now he looks like he does. And he's like, I got into modeling for just for every wrong reason you could think of. I needed validation. I needed to know that I was okay. I needed people to tell me I was handsome and good looking. The desperation with which I entered that field was so toxic and so unhealthy. And so he's like, men, the confidence thing isn't only about looking at women and making them feel good. We also have our own set of issues that we have to deal with as it relates to our bodies. Are we strong enough? Are we tall enough? Are we big enough? Can we protect? Are we the ideal of a man? And I just thought it was so interesting because it didn't even cross my mind for a second that someone like Cameron Mm -hmm. could have been like, 
oh, that's a huge part of everything in my life. And that's what we call perspective. Right? Yeah. Wow. God, I thought it was so interesting. That was a a good little hash out there. I'm going to, what time is it? 42.05. I was just about to do that. Yeah, push it. Yeah, push it. (laughs) So, Patrick. After that last moment um, of that, can you cut it there and we'll do the outro? It's 42.05, right? I'm like, mm-hmm. we'll save it for the next yeah, one. because we kind of went off. Of okay. Um, all right, so now I'm just going to do like an outro mm-hmm. and give a little bit of a break. Oh, no. We oh, need to do products. Products, 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 products. Okay. All right. Uh, let's just go on to Prada. Yeah. Ami, you want to go first? Part. Yes. Okay, so today um, I am sharing these cotton silk pads. They're so good. So I don't love... The idea of using makeup remover, like as far as wipes, because I feel like they can tug at your skin. The older you get, you know, the skin around your eyes are very sensitive. It's very thin. So I love these cotton rounds. They're from Amazon and they're awesome. They're from this brand called DHC. Mm. Um, And I think it's like a pack of three for $15. We'll link them below, but they're so good because they're that silky, silky smooth. So when you are applying the makeup remover on top of it. I just like to douse it with makeup remover and then I let it sit on my eye. I'll like close my lid and place the cotton pad on it just for about like a few seconds just so it breaks up all of that makeup that you do have on there, especially mascara, any liner, anything like that. And then you slowly wipe because otherwise what happens is you're taking it and you're just tugging at your skin and not now, but eventually, especially 20 years down the line, you start noticing that, you know, you notice the effects of that a lot. So this is what I love. And there is like um, Shiseido and even SK2, I think, have like really higher end versions of these cotton pads, which are beautiful, but they're also like $80 a pack, oh. whereas this is 15 for three bundles. So I just really like it because it does the job and it does it well. That's awesome. <laughs> so they're disposable. Yes. They're disposable. like cotton. Got yeah, it. Got exactly. It. What, um, what kind of makeup remover do you use? So I actually, a DHC skincare is another one of my favorites, which mm. is the same it's, it's actually J-Beauty, so it's Japanese beauty, not K-Beauty. I love it because it's mm-hmm. nice and light. But my favorite drugstore one, which you know I love, Neutrogena Oil-Free now, uh, oh. Makeup Remover. Yeah. It's so good. It's Amazing. the best. I like it over any of the other ones, any of the high-end ones. It's 10 bucks at the drugstore, and it's oil-free, which is obviously huge because then it works on every skin. But it gets rid of everything. My waterproof mascara, Ooh, eyeliner, mascara, cream sticks, whatever it is. It comes in a little blue bottle, and it just says oil-free Makeup. I hate when Amazon listens to you. I typed in Neutrogena and filled everything in <laughs> oh for me. Oh my god. So is it bad that I just wash my face and then whatever's left over, I use like a little Q-tip? No. And then if that doesn't work, I get a little extra Look, oil. There is no... <laughs> like is I no hate rhyme. doing more than one step. So I just do this thing where I lean over the sink and I get I my soap it. and I just Wait, start... Wait, do you use regular soap? If it's there. Ew, how embarrassing <laughs> for Oh my god, we you love see bar soap. Face right now. We love bar soap. But I also just have like this brandless um, face wash. I mean, it just depends. Yeah, no, I, I have think, like this really expensive face wash. I forgot where it's from, but um, sometimes I use with it. With that kind of stuff, you know, obviously, <laughs> previously I've talked about what order we should be applying yes. our skincare in, which I think is very important <clears throat> to make sure that you're using your, you're getting the most out of your products. As far as this goes, look, you, I actually enjoy because I do double cleanses at night, so I'll use like a an oil cleanser, and so that I use to break up my makeup versus taking it off with makeup remover, but I'm one of those people, no matter what I've used, I always have residue left over. I don't know, it's like my eyes attract yeah. mm-hmm. mascara and liner. So afterwards, I, I will always take like a Q-tip mm-hmm. or one of these cotton rounds, the silk ones. And I will say over. though, I also don't wear as much eye makeup too as you. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I'm saying it. like, I like will skip the shadow. <laughs> Whatever. Are you saying I need it? Well, it depends on the day because you guys know I love makeup. But, yeah, but for, no, I mean, I, I feel like record, in reality, I'm not wearing like, any eye makeup right now. You aren't. See? 
No, my eyes I, are just naturally but, this. Big. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> I actually thought she was because she looks great, but yeah, uh, she looks okay. Let's okay. be honest. Bye. Bye. <laughs> All right, Brandy, you want to go next? Yes. Alrighty. Okay. So I wanted to talk about my Millie pendant. It's the necklace that I've been wearing all the time. So cute. It's basically just Mill's initials. So I have an M, but it's something that I created with my good friend Avo of Edward Avadis. He's also the guy that helped Mr. A design my um, engagement ring, and I designed Beautiful. his wedding ring. But what I love is um, you can get it in 14 karat uh, white, yellow, or rose gold. There's also sterling silver, but it's one of those necklaces you'll never take off. Um, and it's just like an initial. It can be for anyone, not just your low. Oh, little vomit. Vomit. The vomitorium. By the way, I don't know if you guys saw on the Mommy Group Pod Instagram, I took over one day and I did spell out little one, and someone said but low. I so badly wanted to do low for Orly. Um, but anyways, this is one of those necklaces that is like, again, What's real 14 karat gold. So I have a promo code. It's just my name, Brandy, for 20% off. It depends on what you get, but um, the sterling silver starts at 145 and then it goes up to around it's like beautiful. 200 so that's what I mean. This is not just like costume jewelry. So no, it's, it's I always actual... notice it when you're wearing it, and I love it because I love layering my pieces. So mm -hmm. the fact that this is a little longer, I can yeah. associate it with like a really dainty choker, and then even another piece. It's gorgeous. It's perfect for like birthdays, anything. Yeah, for moms, Presents. friends, your mommy friends. Um, yeah, but it's just something that I always wear, never take off, and you guys are always asking me. So if you're looking for a piece of timeless jewelry, it's a good one. Head mm. on over. Head on over. <laughs> um. Dudes, I'm talking about a crimper. I'm talking about a mother freaking crimper. I love it. So I bought this um, crimper a long time ago, probably like, I don't know, 10 years ago. Wow. And it's it's a large crimper, so it creates like a beachy wave. Basically, anytime you've had your hair in a braid and you take them out and you get those waves yeah. that are the really the cool waves. But, waves. But they're always, at least for me, they're never uniform. Like, I yeah. have the ones that are really good and then the weird ones in the back have like a long straight section and then I've got the, like the ends are too straight. This is a crimper that works super fast. Uh, the one that I have is a really old, like Vidal Sassoon one they don't even make anymore. But there's a new version, I think by Bedhead, that I've always linked and recommended because it's essentially the same thing. And um, so many friends have bought it, so it does. I, I now know it does work exactly the same. But basically, it looks almost like two big S's, and it's a crimper. So you put your hair in, you clamp down, it creates that like nice, perfect, beachy, uh, braided wave, and then you just slide the crimper down slide it down just a little bit and you basically pick up where you left off. So wherever the, the sort of S ends, you pick up and so it's not that one. If you type in I'm looking it up now because I wasn't sure it's like if she an was updated about crimp, like, but like yeah. in, a, in the best way possible. I love it because well one, you guys have to go check out. We'll put it in either the description or on our Instagram page but like when Orly does it, especially when you've done it with extensions, oh, it's Oh, beautiful. it's amazing. I've done it with extensions too and I, I absolutely love it but especially the reason I like it is that when you're talking to someone who's a complete novice and doesn't know mm -hmm. how to do those mm -hmm. kinds of curls in general, like maybe yeah. doesn't know how to braid, doesn't have the time to do it, or doesn't even know how to do that with a regular curling iron, this takes the guesswork out yes. of it for you. It's so good. So and a couple of quick tips on it. Number one, you're gonna the the iron has you'll see it's got two plates that are both like I said, sort of an uh, sort of a either a U shape or an S shape. And when you look at it, you'll be able to tell which way you want to angle it so that when you're at your root, you create lift and not like a depression mm -hmm. because yeah. it goes like up and down, up and down. So make sure that you're doing it at your root so that you're creating the lift. I also do it at my root for like 
uh, where my part is going to be for like a fraction of the time as I do everything else because it's sort of hard to get that very first one at your root even. So I barely do it at the root so that it, my, my part lays nice and soft. And then the rest of the time, like let's say I count to four for my root and then I count to like eight or nine for every other piece and it lasts forever. It's one of those things I'll do my hair and then I can do like two days of dry shampoo and the wave and the bend while wow. I sleep. It lasts um, and it's like $19. So it's a really cool one. It gives you really cool waves. I will say if you have super short hair, anything shorter than probably shoulder length, it's not that great because you're only going to get like one bend out of it. Okay, by the way, really quick, I'm thinking about cutting my hair before <gasps> the second baby because I swear if I cut it after, everyone's going to think I'm having like a midlife crisis. Oh my God, wait, your hair is Okay, so, so I have so much hair. Stunning. I've never worn extensions. I need to brush it today. But um, yeah, I definitely have hair like past the nips, as Mr. A always says. But I feel like I kind of need to. I don't know. Let, what do you guys think? You would look fantastic you would look great either way. With, I mean, yeah. Anything, like like up but, here? Do you well, think that's, that oh, I thought, too? Yeah, no, I think no, that's I think fine. She's She's got yeah. it like kind of like three or four inches below her shoulder right it's now beautiful. is where she's holding Honestly, it. Honestly, you're still going to have that volume yeah. and the... All I know is when you're a mom, I swear, moms that have hair that's too short, that is crazy to me because yeah, I still harder. need to be able to put a pony and like maybe not a top knot, but something. So. Yeah. I don't know, I'm thinking about cutting it. I think so. that length is beautiful. Mm. Take us along on your journey. Okay. Mm. Uh, all right, guys, that's it. Thank you so much thank for listening. You. And can we just say thank you so much for all the feedback because we've been pretty open about it. This is a work in progress. We sit around a, a, the kitchen island or one of our dining room tables and we just sit and we talk and we're having so much fun. But all of the feedback and the advice, what you guys really love, what you don't love, um, has just been really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like for, I mean, for the fact that we really want to create a space where everyone feels included, you guys have been so awesome. And I love that we're attracting like-minded mamas that felt, you know, they felt this craving for a space like this. I mean, just, it, it feels good. And we also want to start building out of like our social media platform, like on Instagram as a place where you guys can come and get even more information, either to supplement what we're talking about on the pod that week or anything else you guys want to discuss. So if there are other things you guys want to hear from us, maybe not on the podcast, but even just in pictures or videos, maybe even highlighting the products we're talking about for a product of the week, let us know because we are really listening and taking, soaking in everything you're telling us. At Mommy Group Pod is Instagram, so be sure you're following us and you're liking and you're engaging because we, all three of us, are part of that space. Yeah, we jump on uh, multiple times a day. And um, and I know we always say it, but it, you know, if you guys want to share the podcast, if you can just screenshot your phones or screenshot your computer wherever you're listening to it, post it on your stories or on your Facebook page or in a mom group that you're part of and share it. It would be so helpful to us. It really helps us grow and that's kind of what we want to do. So uh, thanks again for listening and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye, Bye y'all.